Is this a new thing or actually a very old thing? Day 74 of being a girl, round of applause for the makeup. And I wore this outfit shopping today. And I thought that these might be my new shopping shorts, but I was walking around and everyone was staring. And I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And they were all staring directly at my crotch. And I went, oh, I forgot that my crotch doesn't look like other women's crotches sometimes because mine doesn't look like a little Barbie pocket. Okay, if you have kids in the room, Go ahead and uh, invite them to step out. Watch with us in uh, horror as we stray further every day. Hi, my name is Jonathan Fiala. For further every day, I apologize that we are indeed showing that to you. However, it is actually necessary at this point to start to look at it. Today in studio, I am joined by uh, uh, Miss Nikki all the way around the room. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. And Mr. Steve, to our left, how are you? I'm doing great, John Arthur. <laughs> Today, we're going to be primarily inhabiting the chairs of theology, philosophy, and culture. And we're going to be looking at the um, political and economic side, too. Just a little bit of kind of grazing that. But make no mistake, what we're dealing with today is a spiritual warfare issue. When we're talking about the LGBT agenda is a spiritual warfare issue. And you might be wondering who that was who just graced the screen. Uh, that would be Dylan Mulvaney, an individual who has recently transitioned and uh, quote unquote, and uh, has created quite, quite a stir. I want to talk about how this is an ancient arboristic practice. But first, let's kind of hear what's going on with the cultural moment that we're having here. We'll go ahead and play another clip. This one is from the Washington Examiner. And uh, I, think, I think it kind of sums it up pretty well. Now I know I can find love. I know I can still be a performer. I know that I can have a family. I want to be a mom one day. And I absolutely can. Makeup company Ulta is receiving major backlash for tweeting out this video. And that's why the narrative still has a long way to go. Because when I was grieving boy Dylan, I didn't know those things were even accessible to me. The person in the video is Dylan Mulvaney. It's day 220 of being a girl and we have another boob update. A transgender who has been chronicling their first few weeks of being a girl. Day one of being a girl. Because he doesn't feel he's been female long enough to be a woman. The word girl feels great because I never got to be one growing up. This includes doing things Dylan thinks girls would do. And today I'm in nature. Trees, I love them. I ordered dresses online that I couldn't afford. Heels, they're my hiking heels. I love them. When someone asked me how I was. I said, I'm fine. Coconut water, love it. Ah! Oh. Gotta get out of here. Well, Twitter went wild, including people comparing it to blackface, how this is two grown men who have never experienced girlhood, and calling what Dylan is doing an offensive caricature of womanhood. Ulta responded to many of the negative comments saying they believe beauty has no boundaries and beauty is for everyone. I said, well, I'm going to try to do that. Mulvaney actually spoke at the Forbes Woman Summit back in September. I still get so much criticism for calling myself a girl. And received many of the same negative responses. For Washington Examiner, I'm Amy DeLora. So I just want to get your, your opinion, woman in the room, you know, with, with the whole trans movement. You rarely ever see a sensibly dressed trans, transgender. Usually it's very much a caricature. 
of what a woman is meant to be. I mean, we've spent all this time trying to divest ourselves of the Barbie girl image. But just from a, from a biblical womanhood standpoint, what, what would be some of your thoughts on that? Well, I know that we're, we're talking about people who don't dive into the Bible and are not into even the, have the desire to uh, fulfill the role that God has called them to. God made them. Very clear, the Bible says that he made male and he made female. And when it's such a turn against God's design, that is very hard to take in, perfectly honest with you. I, I just, I don't understand it. I know everybody says, well, it's my life, my body, my world, and I should do what I want to do. The only problem with that is whatever you do as an individual affects the world around you in a very major way. So as someone who's always kind of been of the libertarian bent, you know, uh, someone who, who has fancied himself that for, for years, my response used to be, well, it's, it's just fine to do whatever you want to do. However, can't pee upstream. And I, I do think that this does somewhat, especially when you have like that, that one shop teacher in Canada who's wearing um, obscenely large prosthetics. We're talking, it was the equivalent of having two beach balls strapped to the chest. They were silicone. That, that does actually affect people. But it goes further with what this individual wants to do, Dylan Mulvaney. But, uh, and you have to understand why we bring up Dylan Mulvaney. Well, if you, if you missed it, Dylan Mulvaney just had an interview with former Vice President Joe Biden in the White House. This is someone who is actively setting policy. That clown who is mocking women. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I find that offensive. I, I, I'm not offended by it because I think he's too stupid to be offended. <laughs> but I'm also not a woman. So I don't know that I can be offended or not. Well, if you if you're if you're promoting yourself as a woman, want your woman part. Otherwise, you know you can't. That's what they're they're vying for. Let right. me let me change my parts so that my body can come into agreement with my mind. My problem has always been and will always continue to be that this is not sustainable. It is not sustainable. And it, there's the old interview with um, on the Daily Wire uh, with Ben Shapiro, who looks at the college student and says um, she's probably in her mid twenties. She goes, he goes, um, could you identify as a sixty year old person? And she looked at him cross eyed and she said, what? And he goes, well, what if you identified as a sixty year old person? There's cost involved in that. There's policies that are going to be enacted and that are being enacted that affect people who cannot deal with this. Let's talk about women's sports. So, and absolutely, and and so that's the political economic cost. But there's also a philosophical, sociological cost that comes with this. Once you accept that gender is malleable, you've changed a lot of things. And this individual is 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 now in the middle of changing policy. You want to talk about policy that affects women? Well, the the bathroom thing alone, and. Yes, there are instances, we, we've put links in the description before, for women who've been accosted in the bathroom by people like the, this guy has done no transitioning. This is basically the same dude who was on Broadway, and he was on Broadway. 
and you know he's an excellent accomplished uh he's been gay for years and all of a sudden he decided that he was trans so um that that's a whole nother topic of, of how the gay and the trans are not compatible bisexuality as well also absolutely damages the idea that you're born one way it's 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 a it's a behavior it's an attitude and it, it, there's a lot of interesting uh, gay and lesbian commentators who are coming out against Mulvaney and saying you're 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 kind of screwing this up. This is not <laughs> this is not how it's supposed to go. This is not how it's supposed to work because the 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 logical inconsistency of it all. But these are the people who are making who are making our are affecting our policy. And I I, I think we should play the the interview for Biden real quick. We're just kind of going to rapid fire through here. This is edited for mercy's sake. So please uh, pardon us while we uh, uh, go ahead and uh, you will see some edited stuff. It, it, it is quick. My name is Dylan Mulvaney. I am a trans woman and I am documenting my transition publicly on TikTok for the world to see. When people started watching and the numbers kept getting higher, I realized quickly how public my transition would be. Of course, I knew that there would be backlash and negativity. I try to not let the Internet's words hurt me or my spirit. But do you know what does hurt? Seeing people in power and authority figures creating laws and bills that are actively trying to harm us transhumans, especially trans children. Our lives have become political talking points. Lawmakers in many states want to exclude us from participating in sports or getting proper health care. Some folks want to decide where we can use the bathroom. No one should have fear living in a state that they call home while being true to themselves. No one should have their lives put in danger because of who they are inside. That's why I'm sharing my story with the world. I'm using my platform to stand up for my community and for any of the little Dylans that deserve a clear path to their true identity. Uh, Mr. President, this is my 221st day of publicly transitioning. God and, love you. Uh, thank you. I am extremely privileged to live in a state that allows me access to the resources I need, and that decision is just between me and my doctors. But many states have lawmakers that feel like they can involve themselves in this very personal process. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. They fear what they don't know. And when people realize, individuals realize, oh, this is what they're telling me to be frightened of. This is the problem. This is, I mean, people change their minds. People are just don't know enough to know. So. We're talking about hormonal treatment that is used to castrate sex offenders being used in prepubescent children. That's what we're just so that we're talking. We're not talking at the moment. The moment we're not talking about 25 year olds not being able to self castrate. We're talking about parents making the decision for a four year old child. And in four or five years, they put them on. Puberty blockers is such a is such a opaque term. We're talking about things that castrate children. And that's exactly what it is. My name is Dylan John Arthur, and who's making this decision for a four year old? Four year old doesn't have you know the an, enough to be able to decide what time they go to bed, what they want to eat, 
Correct. anything. And, you know, a parent's going to make this decision. How does a parent know what, what needs to be done like that for a four-year-old? Four They're going to change that kind of thing that's going to injure this child's life for the rest of their life? I mean, we did a thing last week on those two brothers where the yeah. parents did it on one of the children. And what happened to both of them? They both ended up committing suicide. Dr. John M- Money and Money. Bruce slash David Remier. Remier, and, and, right. And, and we, you can go back to last week. Link in the description. If I remember, I'll, I'll put it in down there to the story. But you look at the Remier brothers. There was a twins experiment done by a guy who was affiliated with literal Nazi scientists who calibrated the time of prepubescent, you know, uh, I'm sorry, if there are kids in the room, prepubescent reaction to stimulation of the genitals. I mean, sick, sick, sick people who destroy lives for this idea that gender is malleable. And it all comes back to the same spirit. It all comes back to the same spirit. Uh, These are the same people. I know, know, Ms. Nikki, you have something you want to say. Well, 85% of children that want to a little girl that wants to be a boy, a boy that wants to be a girl. 85% of them usually change their mind once they get puberty. So you don't want to mess with anything before they get to that, that point. And if you do, I, I think you're just going to screw them up mentally. Correct. Absolutely. And you, 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 you look at some of these, um, some of these procedures, they are irreparable. Double mastectomy, that's not coming back. Well, you know, and, and you're hearing of these people coming out and saying this, the regrets. And they're being silenced. They're being silenced. And it's, it's terrible because they're trying to protect other people from the same, same mistake. Why would you silence that person? It's almost like it's a religiously held belief. And, and I, again, I, I don't want to come at this as an aha moment. This isn't a, a got you left moment. It's much more important realize that when we are engaging the culture in this subject it is not a political issue it is a spiritual warfare issue we are at war with demons and principalities and the powers of the air and they are coming for other people and you want to know someone is a victim of that this Dylan Mulvaney character he's a victim of that now maybe he's a willing victim of that but he is a victim of that, and we should look at him as a prisoner hostage to a hostile ideology, like a Stockholm syndrome. Well, and there's no guarantee that this person is going to want to be forever. I mean, he could change his mind five years down the road, like some of them have. And by the way, and I don't know the name, but it was a influencer on Facebook or YouTube, and was as you know, living as a woman and then decided, you know, I'm not happy. And then went back to living as a man and he got a lot of backlash for it. I mean, he changed his mind, but you can't change your mind. You're hurting the cause. Because you're, because you have forsaken the God of gender ideology, which I will make the case today pagan God. that it is the pagan God, Ashtoreth, or at least it's the same lie. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not accusing these people of worshiping at a wooden altar. However, I will say it's not a stretch to say that they won't be 10 years. It's not a stretch to say that they won't be in 10 years. We've got a lot to go over that we need to go through. But before we start, there's a great quote from Ecclesiastes. Are you in the show, Matt Misnicki? Well, a lot of the thing is, is 
you know, they're not actually going up to some wooden wooden altar and bowing down and burning incense. They just don't realize that what they are worshiping is a demon god. They don't realize it, but that's exactly what it's they're the doing. the same spirit. Yeah, right. Ecclesiastes 1, 9, and 10, if you can get that for us. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. That which is done is that which shall be. There is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new? It hath been already of old time, which was before us. Absolutely. So you look and you see nothing new under there, the there's sun. There's nothing new under the sun. Worshiping the body and right. sexuality and doing all these things that are contrary to the uh, the way that God created men and women. That's not new. It's old. So let's acquaint ourselves with Ashtoreth. So some people are wondering, mm-hmm. what are, what's this pagan god you're talking about? And, and there's a bunch of verses in the Bible you Look at Genesis 14.5. It's one of the first, if not the first, references. Shortly after Noah gets off the ark, you got Genesis 14.5. You can read that? Please do. And in the 14th year came, uh, you're going to have to help, um, forgive me on the... That's fine. Uh, Shedelamor and the kings that were with him and smote the Raphins in Astaroth, Harnium and the Zuzims in Ham and Emons and Sheva. Sheva and Karatharim. So I can't pronounce all those, but Astaroth is in there. <laughs> right off the bat, you have a city named after the goddess. And, and again, the, the, there's some debate about Semiramis in, in, in the archaeological intellectual circles about uh, Semirat of uh, 800 BC. You're going to see that. However, the mythology and the standard understanding for years has been that Semiramis married Nimrod, her son, like two or three generations off the ark. And that is where you had the beginning of the mother and the child mythos that went throughout the, uh, the pagan world. And that god, however she came to be, she was the goddess of sex change, of, of, of all sorts of worship. And the children of Israel really had a hard time with them. You look at in in First Kings uh, eleven five, Solomon had a hard time. Yes, with it. it says uh, for Solomon went after Astaroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, Zido- Zidonians, and after Milcom and the abomination of the Amorites. And so Ammonites, what, Ammonites. What was that abomination? It was the temple worship, and we're going to talk about what that looks like because a lot of people do not know what worship to Ashtoreth looked like, and again. All of this is subject to conjecture. However, the best understandings that we have come from people like Herodotus. Okay, some people don't like Herodotus. Some people don't like these folks, especially because uh, this folk or that folk, because they don't line up with their paradigm. Some people actually do, like Josephus. Eh, Herodotus has kind of that Josephus-esque, um, for lack of a better word, character and uh, uh, honor, or lack thereof, that some people put on that. However, it is still what we have. And we're going to go into some of Herodotus' stuff in just a moment. But also in Jeremiah 7, 18, you also have another reference. And, and you, you see it throughout Jeremiah. Yeah. Um, the children gathered wood, and the father, fathers kindled the fire, and the woman kneaded their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven, and to pour out drink offerings unto other gods that they may provoke me to anger. What did, what did God say 
to the children of Israel in chapter 44 and 17 to through 19 and uh, 44, 25 as well. Okay, 17. But we will certainly do whatsoever things go forth out of our own mouth to burn incense unto the queen of heaven, to pour out drink offerings unto her as we have done. We and our fathers, our kings and our princes in the city of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, for then... Had we plenty of victuals and were well and saw no evil. But since we left off to burn incense to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. And when we burn incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her, did we make her cakes to worship her and pour out drink offerings unto her without our men? So... If you go back early in the chapter, this is funny because this is just where I happened to end up in my time in the Word uh, in the last few weeks. I've been, I, I just, I'm finishing up Jeremiah. If you go back and you read the rest of 44, Jeremiah was just sent. This is a response to Jeremiah. They, J- Jeremiah said, Thus saith the Lord, turn, change, my people come back to me. They say, No, 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 no. When we were worshiping Ashtoreth, everything was fine. And God's saying, Well, because I was giving you mercy. No, 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 no. It had everything to do with our goddess of sex. Times were better then. Times were better without yeah. you, God. And so I, I just want to start us off real quick on the chair of theology. Just a quick thought here. What happens when we ignore God's grace? Do you want to read verse 25? Go for it. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, Ye and your wives have both spoken with your mouths and fulfilled with your hands, saying, We will surely perform our vows that we have vowed to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her. Ye will surely accomplish your vows and surely perform your vows. I think if you finish reading what happens after Jeremiah's prophecy, the goddess did not save them. Instead, they, they forsook the one who loved them. That's right. And that's a... That's a thing that I really want the church because we're, we're going to the church here. We're, we're going we're gonna to get to the church just a little bit. But that's something that you really need to understand is that this is not new. Let's look at what this looks like in the ancient world. So historians are, again, kind of at odds back and forth on this. But this is something that is actually referenced in, from, from Herodotus. Quote, every Babylonian woman had to attend the temple of, temple of Ishtar slash Inanna and agreed to have sex with any male that asked her. Once she performed this ritual, the male visitor gave her money to donate to the temple. And I, I, I just want to, I, I want to be careful drawing too many murder board parallels to, to today, you know, because you kind of create a web and, and tie yourself in. But with the women's liberation movement, there are some good things that happened, okay? I mean, guys need to understand that, that there, <laughs> there is an egalitarian and a complementarian element to that. Noted. Noted. Please. We were the ones saying that the whole time the conservative Christians were. Noted. But there is something else that came with that. There's something that came with that, and that was, quote-unquote, sexual liberation. where Women are not built the same way as men. Men's default by nature, when it comes to sexual interaction, is yes. Woman's default tends to, historically, in societies that are holding together, women's default is, am I married to you? 
Are you going to take care of me? Are you going to take care of my children? Are you going to fulfill the duties that come with that thing? Miss Nikki, you, you lived through all of that. What do you think happened when our culture kind of did this baby with the bathwater trade? Well, you know, by nature, we're sinners. And we, we really do fall back sometime to our base nature. And I think with uh, women's liberation and, and even birth control, I think, it, hey, I can get away with this. You know, the idea that never was there before, and, and this is with anything. For example, I work in the accounting department, but there are oversights. But what if there's not? What if there's nobody checking? How many people are tempted? Nobody's, I'm not going to get caught. So you understand that if you're not going to get caught, and you have a tendency, or if you feel like you're not going to get caught, and when society is cheering it on, you're going to have more ideas. It's it's something that that's real. And, and <clears throat> Mr. Steve, you you, you yep. lived through that too, and you, you you had an interesting perspective on that. Give, give us your short on what we traded and what we lost with women's lib. <clears throat> yeah, um, you know. One of the things is, is that, you know, men at, at a point in time, they'll, and, it, and it's, <laughs> I want to use my choice of words Be correctly. Yeah. And, uh, but men have a tendency when they go out with a woman, they'll go out with her. And then by the second, third date, it's like, okay, I want to, yeah, ready to go to bed with a woman. They're, they want to know if, if, if they're going to be having them go to bed. Well, okay, so let's say let's let you know, a woman is going to bed. Well, by the time this woman is doing her thing all through her 20s and she gets into her 30s, mid-30s or so, early 30s, and she decides she wants to settle down, have a child, want to get, a say, a high-value man, a man that, values a lot of things, money and, and a lot of things or whatever it may be, money, nice house, maybe some kids even. Maybe but her. Maybe I mean, even her, especially her. But this guy is like, mm, maybe I don't want you because you slept with maybe a hundred guys and the fact that maybe because you're like you're getting to. ready to hit the wall and because you've been sleeping with way too many men and you're not the kind of girl I want to be with because I would rather have somebody that's monogamous. not exactly. And, and that's something and, that you price yourself. You price yourself out of the market when you do that. And it, it's, it's not a pretty thing because if you want, by the way, ladies, if you want a good man, a good man will not take what is precious and special unless he's put a ring on it. He will not take that. A good man will not take that. You will not find that kind of love. If you give that kind of affection, that kind of attention, and I'm, yes, I'm talking about sex. If you give sex to a man and he takes it before he's committed to you, I mean committed to you, he doesn't mean whatever he says, do not trust him. He's willing to take that. He does not love you. He does not love you enough to protect you 
or he doesn't know better. He's either a child or a liar. And, so, uh, and, yeah. and there's also a, a thing where a study was done, and, and I, it, I hate saying this because um, I don't have in the thing to, to take it to for people to, to be able to read it, but I'd read a, a study where, you know, how women are much more emotional and a lot of things and decisions are based on emotion where men are more logical. We all know this sort of thing. But when it comes to having sex, men look at it differently than men. women. Women get attached during these things, having sexual encounters. Men, you go through times and then they get attached. It's a, it's a time-based thing. It's, it's supposed to a one-time thing. Correct. And when a woman has it over and over and over and over and over and over and over with so many different men, not the same guy, but so many different men, you lose this attachment towards men burnout where you you get it's like a yeah you, like a burnout you burn out structures to where that you are have right you burn out these circuits in your mind so that when you end up getting married it's hard to make this attachment to the person that you're getting married to so it's like much easier to just like oh hey this guy's at me while you're married and going, hey, it's true of either sex. It's true of either sex. And so not to get too far off under the weeds on that, but this, this hookup culture is part of a recurrent theme through human history. It is something that is recurrent. And you had temple prostitution, you had these rituals, you had these orgies and you hear about it and you hear about the debauchery of Rome, hear about the, the pedophilia of Rome. Well, guess what? That's what's coming up next. And it's, it's not a slippery slope argument because 20 years ago, if you had said that you would have a man dressed like a woman sitting in the Oval Office telling the president of the United States, you need to start using hormone blockers on children, on prepubescent children, 10-year-olds, everyone would say, you're nuts. It's a slippery slope argument. Well, that is a slippery slope behind us. We are in the valley. We are sliding out of control to a precipice. And there are people who are being injured. There, there are people falling off that cliff, dude. Absolutely. And you got people you know, who are being injured by it. Absolutely. Exactly. Snicky. Well, I was just going to say, you know, listening to the interview earlier about this is my body and my privacy and I should have a right. But as a woman, I should have a right. And as a child, a female child should have the right to go into the bathroom. Feeling safe and comfortable. Now, not every transgender person who hasn't changed their male parts goes into a bathroom is going to harm people. But there have been many that have. And it, I mean, we can't ignore that. That cannot be ignored. Look at the women's prison system. Again, if I can find it, link in the description, but you can just Google it. It is, there are stories after stories of women being pregnant, impregnated in women's prisons after being raped by transgender females dudes who said i don't want to go in with the men i'm going to go with the ladies i'm not going to opt for the sex change surgery i'm just going to present i'm going to say i'm a female that puts you in a really that does not make you this is the problem that i have is that a female 
has the right to be protected, go into a bathroom. Right. And if you are a transgender, you are different. I mean, it, it's just obvious you're different. You have a male mind, and if in in or I'm sorry, a, a a male body with a male mind. You're not the same as a woman who has a female body with a female mind, and a lot of criminals use this. Yes, and it endangers people, and they don't see it. They're just thinking about their rights. And they're not thinking about protecting the innocent. The privileges that they want. Right. It's the privileges that they want. But it goes further. And again, you would think that this is written today. But according to her high priestess, uh, just just, just moving right along, because let's let's get in a little bit further. Uh, Asher's high priestess in a poem, uh, shortly before the fall, by the way, of of that civilization, uh, just put a pin in that, um, to destroy, to create, to tear out, to establish are yours, Inanna, which Inanna Ashtar, or Inanna Ishtar, rather, uh, what was her name, to turn man into a woman and woman into a man are yours, Inanna. And it went on to say, you, have the, you are tearing down the walls and the distinctions. It sounds like that could be written today. It sounds no different. And again, there's, a, there's a, uh, an article right here. If you want to get uh, the first paragraph, Mr. Steve, either that or I can, from the academiamuseumeducation.co.uk. Uh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, How far down? That. All the, that, that whole paragraph? Get the first part, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll split it out. Go ahead. Okay. In fact, individuals living outside of the gender binary were heavily involved and associated with the cult of Ananiah. And her cult members and priests were known for their androgyny and blurring or destroy the gender binary. The gender blurring members of her cult have often been included included in poems and dedications written for her, often with Ananiah personally transforming the gender of her devotees. One such example is the, I could, how do you say that there, the, the Philippia? Yes. A group of cultic performers in Ananiah's Sumerian festivals. The name Philippia is re- referenced with passionate Ananiah in relation to an individual named Philippia, who is transformed by Ananiah. They are raised as a woman, the Sumerian for young woman. Kisiki? Close enough. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Being used to describe them. And Ananiah blesses them, handing them a spear as if she were a man, and renames them Philippia. From this point forward, they are referred to as the transformed Philippia. If you can get that next part, Miss Nikki. We cannot know for sure what the word transformation means in this context, and especially since Sumerian did not use gender pronouns, it is difficult to reconstruct the exact meaning. But one's interpretation is that through the blessings of Inanna and Inanna, yeah, close the, enough. Uh, Pili Pili? Is yes. It? And transitioned into a man. Even a Sumerian did not use gender pronouns. The possible phallic connotations of the word spear added more weight to this theory. This is a leftist 
uh, publication, by the way. So just saying we don't just read right-wing sources. A little bit more in on this. uh, In a dig out of southern Turkey, they found a uh, poem that looked something to the effect of, May God Hadad dash him into pieces with the weapon which is in his hand. May Habat Ishtar, and again, Hadad would be uh, a stand-in for Baal, right? Um, But uh, uh, Ishtar... See if I'm gonna find myself. Oh my goodness, I lost myself. Ishtar, deliver him into the hands of those who pursue him. May Ishtar press impress feminine parts into his male parts. This is graphic imagery of the fantasy of changing genders in ancient times. And 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 folks want to point to this and say, look, look, the LGBT thing, the the the, the gender binary's been around for the whole Yes. Yes, so is Satan. Yes. yes. And, and and God bless Matt Walsh. I love Matt Walsh and his and what is a woman thing is awesome. Go watch it. It's great stuff. One thing you should not fall into the trap of saying is that this has never been a, a question because this has been a question every time before a major civilization falls. Ms. Nikki. That's just what I was going to say. It's not sustainable because when you get to that point, that's the end of your civilization and that history, history testifies to that. And it, it just gets worse. Right. Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at that. The the interesting thing about it is that they think that they're growing mentally when they start doing this. It's like we're expanding. They don't realize no. Regressing. Regressing, It's not progressive. It's regressive. Exactly. And so you want to go further. They actually committed gender conversions. I don't want to imagine what that was like. Uh, without anesthesia. Mm. Uh, and they, they did their best to do that to some of the priests of the cult. And they did stuff, and they, they did these ritual acts. Progressivism is not progressive. It is a regression from godly states. Watch Jonathan Kahn's stuff on, on, the, on the, 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 the new gods. On, you know, read his book, uh, the, the Return of the Gods, rather, excuse me, Return of the Gods. Read his stuff on it, because... It is interesting how watch the Western world after Christ came to this earth, his people became radical. Jesus's people became radical. And I'm not talking about blowing up buildings or burning down stuff. I'm talking about people who are on fire with a love for others. A love, by the way, that said, no, 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 no. You want to make this policy? I will step into the lion's den. I will step to the lion's den, and I will die in front of all of you so that you can see what God can do. When I talk about radical, I talk about people who in the Middle East today lose their kids in front of their eyes, and they still tell the people who murdered their children, God still loves you. That is the kind of regeneration that cast out these gods, these demon spirits, this, and again, I know what this sounds like, but you're living in a world, you're watching history repeat itself. Satan doesn't come up with new lies. He just repackages them. For 1,500, 2,000 years, somewhere in that range, after Christ came and his people set the world on fire, he did through his people, you saw this paganism go into the far dark corners of the world. You saw demon possession go way down. Just doesn't happen the way it did in Christ's time. Guess what you're seeing now? You're seeing a resurgence because God's people have not been salt and light. 
and and to that note, there's a there's a note from Pew Research. Uh, where is the church today? If Miss Nikki, if you can get that Pew Research article from 2015, there's an excerpt there. If you can go ahead and pull that out, this is an old article, but I think it bear, bears mention. Okay. Uh, many of the largest U.S. religious institutions have remained firmly against allowing same-sex marriage, including the Roman Catholic Church, the Orthodox Jewish Movement, and the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, as well as the Southern Baptist Convention and other evangelical Protestant denominations. And the nation's largest historically black church, the National Baptist Convention, and its biggest Pentecostal denomination, the Assemblies of God, also prohibit their clergy from marrying same-sex couples. At the same time, in the past two decades, several other religious groups also have moved to allow same-sex couples to marry with their traditions. This includes the Reformed and Conservative Jewish Movement, the Unitarian Universalist Association, and the United Church of Christ. In the Episcopal and Methodist denominations, we see a growing acceptance of sin in the guise of kindness as well. So this is something that is, this is an old article. This is an old article. 2015, this is 2022 as of recording this. Uh, the SBC is getting very cozy with yes. this. Yeah. The Anglican, the Episcopalian, the Methodist uh, denominations are seeing splits and fractures over this and and it's only taken a few years well it is and the key here is and this is what we struggle with even in our our church today is they want to accept these people as a means of kindness see jesus is kind and jesus is loving but jesus kindness and love stands with centered within his word and who is you don't have to be ugly people who are out there calling names and harming and throwing rocks and that's wrong that's not christ-like at all but when you say centered in the word of god the word of god is loving the word of god is kind the word of god is about you salt is transformative right. heat is transformative you know what happens with heat the 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 piece of metal melts it melts it withers have you ever actually watched what happens in a crucible Structure breaks down and comes to the top, all the crud, right? All the slag, impurities, and and that's what's drawn off. God's word is the heat. We're not the heat. Now we're supposed to be the crucible, if you will. If you want this analogy, that you're able to put metal in and be refined. We're supposed to be part of that work, but we're supposed to be part of that work. You cannot. And kindness is not apt. Kindness is not apathy. And what you're seeing now is the United Methodist Church completely losing that ability. Mr. Steve, do you have that, uh, that other article from Pew? It's just an excerpt. Yes. Please Many United Methodists in the United States have a more accepting view towards homosexuality. In Pew Research Center's 2014 U.S. Religious Landscape Study, 60% of United Methodists said homosexuality should be accepted by society. A clear majority and a substantial increase from 07, when 51% said this. In addition, about half of U.S. Methodists, 49%, said they favored legal same-sex marriage. So, and again, 
Miss Penny Cost, if you will, the absolutely abhorrent name of that drag queen who is an Epis Episcopal or Anglican is not part of the Methodist <clears throat> crowd, but you're seeing the same thing. You're seeing drag queens show up in Methodist, Episcopal. The, 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 these are I don't old. understand. I just don't you, understand. These are old institutions. You know, what I'm surprised is I don't see the uh, Lutheran church in here. Well, again, they've been they've been slowly co-opted as 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 everyone else. And again, these are old studies. These are 2014, 2015. It was hard to find a good Pew research broad spectrum on the subject that's been done recently because it's changing. It's changing very fast. So it, is it loving, though? If there is a heaven and a hell, if there is a God, is it loving to tell people that that what you do does not matter? I mean, how do you even start? You know, it goes back to your moral compass. And um, we've changed. We've changed the moral compass. What is right and what is wrong? And it's been it's been blurred. And what we think is that we're actually helping and we don't understand the long term consequences. And the, the other issue, and I was listening to the radio tonight to uh, um, one of AFR's programs. I, f I forget the name of it, but um, Eric Metaxas was on. Eric Metaxas said, church has been quiet, has been quiet and silent on all of the cultural issues. She's been quiet on all of the cultural issues, and she has not spoken up where she should be screaming at the rooftops. Agreed. When our culture has divorced itself. And it has divorced itself from these matters because they're quote unquote political. Mr. Steve, what does God say about how we're supposed to impact the culture? Are we not supposed to go and make disciples? We are supposed to make disciples. We are not supposed to save people. That's what God does. We are supposed to go make disciples so that other people can go out and make disciples throughout the world. And God is the one that saves and harvests. He brings the souls to himself and brings those to him. And it's just like it says in the Bible, bring and make disciples. And, you know, and in today's culture, it seems like with, with all of this transgender stuff that it's, it's like being a forced acceptance yeah. is, what is, is what seems like it's coming around to be, where you're being forced to have to accept what's going on. If you don't accept it, you lose your job. If you don't accept it, uh, you can't get a job. If you don't accept it, uh, you can't go here. If you don't accept it, you can't go there. And You know what I mean? And that's exactly what's going to happen. Christians, do not misunderstand. This has happened before, over and over and over again. You know what Metaxas compared the American church to? The 1930s German church. We didn't want it. They, we're, we're just about the gospel here. Just preach Jesus. We just preach Jesus. Hey, I don't want to offend them. You know, when Jesus was talking, can you pull up the church of Smyrna, Revelations? When Jesus was talking to the church in Smyrna, you got to understand, and we talked about the church of Smyrna before, but it's a really interesting history lesson. Smyrna had a literal road of gold, had a literal road of gold that was paved in temple, 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 right along that road. You go to any temple, to any god, 
You could worship any God that you wanted to. You could worship Jesus. But you could only buy and sell if you got your papers from the government that said that you'd pinched a little bit of incense and poured it out over the flame for Caesar. If you had affirmed Caesar's godhood, mm-hmm. his status, his authority, if you'd affirmed the government's authority over morality, then you could buy and sell. Let's read what Jesus Christ said to the church in Smyrna. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works in tribu- um, tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of that them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, and ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. And if God has that for us in America, may God be the glory. May it all be to him. Amen. But if I can stop it, if I can save, you know, I hope to someday get married and have kids. If I can save my children that, I'm going to fight for that. If there are more people who can come to a redeeming relationship with Jesus Christ, because we stood in the gap before we get there, I'm going to do it. And, you know, if tomorrow that is now the requirement, if the mark of the beast comes, and by the way, that, that is a precursor to the mark of the beast. Satan has tried many, many, many times to do that. And you're looking at it, it's harder, it's harder to buy and sell without a social security number. It's harder to be, and I'm, the social security number is not the mark of the beast. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they are playing with the ideas. They are testing out thoughts. We have an opportunity to make a difference right now. Let's be salt and light. Let's be vocal. Let's be part of the church. And I'm not talking about yelling and shouting at people. I'm talking about being prepared, formed, and have knowledge. So uh, any last thoughts before we wrap up from the chairs of theology and culture? I would just say that um, I know people have a wrong idea of the church, that the church is against everything. And the saying is, you know, we tell people what we're against, but do we tell people enough what we're for? And Jesus Christ is a way of um, salvation, but it's a, a life that gives peace and joy and strength. It doesn't give you a life without suffering, but it gives you the strength, the peace, the joy that you'll never have without Christ. You know, when I was seeing the interview going on and... um. Biden said, may God love you. Well, of course. God does love Dylan, regardless of how he is, whether he wants to be a trans or or whatever. And then and then Dylan talks about being, you know, feels like he needs to be safe. Well, everybody needs to be safe. So do the children. And so does Nikki when she goes into a bathroom against men that want to come in there and pretend they're being a woman that want to do whatever when they go in, just like the 
the guy, the boy that went to high school and molested a girl and left that high school, and kicked him out, which went to another one, and the people at that high school didn't tell anybody, and they kept it from everybody. And he did it again at another high school. I mean, these women also need to feel safe. And not just these people. That is so hypocritical of someone to be saying they need to be feeling safe. What about women? What about girls that are in high school, girls that are in elementary school, junior high, whatever? That, that don't need to be having these decisions made for them at four years old. And it's based on a lie. That the, the violence against trans women is somehow more so than it is for inner city uh, black people. Sorry, that's just, that's not accurate. And, and I'll see if we can put something in the description below, but I actually heard a whole thing on this where, where that, 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 I remember looking at the stats and the stats were just bogus on that. It's totally fabricated. It's based on a lie. Like, like, like everything else that, that, right. that, that the LGBT agenda is, it's all based on a lie. And you're 100% correct. We need a culture where godly values are held. If you hold godly values in your culture, things will be safe. Things will be safe. But again, it's all based on and, a lie. And Satan is the great deceiver. He will lie straight to your face with a smile on his face. I mean, that's just what he does. And make promises he'll never keep. And, and so, chair of politics and economics, just remember, the government is a God-ordained institution. You have the right. You have the ability to be involved in that. As a citizen of the United States, we talked about it last week, is God going to look on you kindly for not removing the high places and the temple worship that's occurring right now? And I say that, right. for those of you who missed it last week, all of the LGBT activity was happening in Israel at that time for Ashtoreth, for Baal. Are you going to be held blameless for God because he says, you fought this, you tried, you tried to take it down. I want you to think about that. On the note of economics, when people say, these doctors, the consensus is, oh, you mean the people who stand to make hundreds of thousands of dollars on the surgeries that cause permanent mutilation, and they do not come back. And our tulip uh, on, on Twitter, we've carried that story multiple times, where this individual, he transitioned to a female for 10 years. He lived as a female, 30-something years old. He says, this isn't working. Every time I pee, I cannot get it all out. Nothing works. Everything is a husk of what it used to be. I will never be satisfied again. I will never live a normal life. What about that person? What about that person who they left behind in the chair of economics? And on the last note on philosophy, this is not new. Gender ideology was happening, popping right off the arc. As soon as Noah and his sons had kids and they had kids, somewhere in there, Nimrod and Semiramis did their stuff and they grew. And this was before the arc. In all likelihood, they were doing this sort of stuff before the, uh, before the flood. In all likelihood. I have no evidence to support that other than nothing is new the sun as the teacher says nothing is new under the sun when someone brings up the lgbt thing as an alternative lifestyle body dysmorphia sexual dysmorphia these things have consequences we've covered that all before We're talking about a 40 percent suicidality rate that does not change 
after the transition so-called surgery. We're talking about the undealt with, unresolved trauma that usually causes it that has an issue. Bring that to people in a loving, winsome way. And then thirdly, only fulfillment. The only fulfillment that you will ever find, the true fulfillment, is in Jesus Christ and fulfilling your purpose, your telos, what God made you for. You are special. And I don't mean that in the trite way. I mean that God designed you for a purpose, and he has a beautiful will. It may not for, for your life. He has a beautiful design. It may not be perfect. It may not be the most pleasurable experience. It might be different than others, but I promise you, it's beautiful. That is the joy that Miss Nikki was talking about. Find that joy. If you like this podcast, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, sharing is new. Care. We are on YouTube. We are in Rumble. Rumble. I see you guys. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're slowly building up subscribers there. This is episode number two of our 100,000 download plus celebration for the yes. podcast. Praise all God. Right. And Amen. thank you guys. Thank you guys. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it. With that said, uh, share this around. The, the YouTube channel needs some love. Share this around. Uh, we appreciate you. Love you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. That was his phone. Okay, if that you're was, still here, if you're still here, that my, was not a soundboard. That, I do was, have that. that was my pet cricket. I do I have that on the soundboard. Pocket. Yes, you keep your pet cricket. Okay, so with that said, this, this week was a terrible week. Um, let's see, what have we not done? What is your favorite food? What is your favorite food? Favorite, like, genre? Like Italian, American? Oh, Italian. What's your favorite food? Italian. Italian? What's yours? Um... American deer meat. Deer meat. Yes. This man, <laughs> this man can cook deer. By the way, kosher cooking. God did not make stupid rules. Kosher cooking is awesome. Uh, I, I, I got to say, I'm a big fan of ice. A real lasagna. A real lasagna yes. and a real chef oh, salad. Yes. yes. Uh, oh, yes. Okay. If it wasn't that, it'd be Asian. Just so I'm not taking yours. Tell us, if you've listened this far, you are our super listener or you were asleep. Tell us uh, in the comment section down below if we woke you up, which one is your favorite food? Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.